Topics of interest for this episode of Loud Pipes include Triumph confirming a new Tiger Sport and two limited edition American Cruisers, Ducati's custom Rumble build-off reaches the finalist stage, an Indian Chief fueled by Jack Daniels, Yamaha's new Naked R1, and a unique tilting trike conversion. All coming up next. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDUP Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located, here's Rich Warfield and Rico Bogan. Cloud Pipes, episode 38. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rich Warfield. He's Rico Hogan. How are you, man? Doing good, my friend. How are you doing this evening? Not bad. I've got a nice cold beverage by my side, and and as you said last episode, got the boys online, so we're ready to go. Let's do this, Brutus. Awesome. Well, I'm going to lead the beer then, since uh, I uh, popped the cork on that one. Mm. And we previewed this last night on our sort of our little production call, and this is Beer Camp Tropical IPA from Sierra Nevada. An IPA, of course, right? <laughs> Would you expect anything else? Never, ever. <laughs> Nothing else touches those lips but IPA. It's good. They they call it a spring seasonal, and I think this is the one they they kind of change it every year. They just, I guess, whatever they're feeling like, they they mix it up for the season, but... Good beer overall. It's good, easy drinking IPA. All right. And I'm trying to choke down a uh, six points cream. It's kind of like a beer, coffee, ale. And uh, the good thing is it's 7.2% alcohol. Nice. The bad, bad thing is it's um, not as good as my Fortnite. Hmm. So. All right. Well, you said choking down, so it's like, e. yeah, it can't be good. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna try it in a warmer, in a warmer state. Maybe the, the whole cold thing is not working with this. It's got a nice aftertaste, but uh, not, all right, not as not as good as Fortnite. Well, the Fortnite one, we talked a little bit after the last show. I got a couple of those to try, and and you said you liked it cold, like really chilled. And I found that it got better as it warmed up a tad. You know, as it got closer to like, you know, say like 50 degrees or so, it seemed to be really good. Huh. See? To each their own, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So we'll do it both ways. All right. Let's not leave out our technical director, Mr. Maracle. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I had to find a mute switch over here. That was just took me so long. <laughs> I thought you went to sleep <laughs> so early. Yeah, I went to sleep. I mean, you guys started boring me. You didn't conclude me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but, man. Know, I have Rico beat tonight on the, on, on the percentage, though. Oh, do tell. Do tell. Ooh. I'm drinking... Uh, Red's uh, Wicked Apple. Nice. 8% apple alcohol percent. 8% apple alcohol. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You beating me. Well, if Rico gets out a shot of bourbon, then forget about it. It's all over. It's all over. All over. Well, I can beat him if I need to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah? Then I'll just whip out the the, the Moscow. All right. Before you both get drunk, let's move along. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what you got on tap tonight, Rich? Well, yeah, I just want to mention real quick, um, 
I guess a little apology for the last episode. We know that was a week late on delivery and that's kind of prompting sort of this next statement. And what we decided is we're going to release the shows on Tuesday evening now, instead of what we were shooting for originally was Thursday. So our original plan was we recorded Tuesday night. I gave us a night or two to edit the files and get everything out. Um, but just schedule-wise and some events that we have going on, it's just that schedule's just not working out. So we're going to shift the recordings to later in the week, possibly even over the weekend, and we're just going to shoot for a Tuesday night delivery. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, hopefully that helps us all out, you know? Yeah, that's the idea. Just, you know, we're all of us, except Rico, we're we're still working day jobs and mine's getting busy, so... It's just getting harder and harder to get things done at night during the week. So if we shift some of this to the weekend, that should help out. Yes. All right. Contest time. You guys like contests? I like yeah, contests. Yeah? You want to win something? Well, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> I can't. You are not eligible, but anyone on the other end of this recording is eligible. And we're working on a future episode around big trips. And everything that goes into a big trip or a long ride, whether it be planning, preparation, sort of riding tips as you go. Uh, and the most important part we've been thinking about is destinations. You know, where are we going to go? So that's where the contest comes in. So what we're looking for is for people to write in and tell us where you're planning to go this year on what you would consider a big trip slash long ride. And that definition is totally personal. So if a big trip for you is a 150-mile day or if a big trip for you is, you know, 1,500-mile trek across the country, you know, whatever. However you define a big trip, that's that's kind of what we're looking for is, you know, what are you planning on and, and where are you headed? So what we'll do is we'll aggregate all of those or we'll aggregate all of the feedback and we'll, put, we'll sort of rank them and put that into a list. And then we'll use that as part of our future episode when we're talking about destination rides and and where we think we're going to go. And like I said, we'll mix in some tips and stuff, and we may have a, a guest or two along the way to cover this topic as well. So we'll take all those entries, we'll put it into a hat, and I think we'll probably have John do it. We'll have John pull the names, and we'll pass out a few more T-shirts. T-shirts are always cool. Anything special with me in these T-shirts, Rich? I don't know. I haven't, we have to think about something, right? I was going to just do some more of the black Lad Pipes T-shirts, but we could put something funny on the back. We can do that. Yeah, might be kind of fun. We'll get our graphic designer on that. Okay, you paint her. <laughs> A.K.A. John's wife. <laughs> and uh, another way to always get a t-shirt, or at least for a little while, is you can support us on Patreon. So if you pledge at the $5 level or more, we have a, a limited offering of uh, four remaining, where you will also get a t-shirt for that pledge. So all uh, all pledges on Patreon are are much appreciated. Uh, so be sure to check that out. All right, Hogan, you turn. Let's do a little you turn in, baby. All right. So this is kind of a, kind of a spin out of our last episode. We talked a little bit about Triumph after going to the Bonneville launch party, uh, which was a great time. And Rico, I think you uncovered a couple of other new bikes coming out from Triumph that sort of sort of got you excited. What have you, fa- what have you found there? Well, 
Yeah, but I don't know how excited I am about them. I know they are limited. <laughs> <laughs> limited edition? Yeah, and, you know, I guess it's pretty cool to see them kind of putting their foot in this segment. Uh, yeah, they're they're announcing that they're going to make a cruiser, special edition cruiser. And you asked, how special is it, Rico? <laughs> it's really special because you're only going to, we're only getting 50 of these bad boys in, in the U.S. Now, we're going to get 25 of the Americans. I guess I should step back and say there's going to be an American, an American LT. Okay. And we're only going to get 25 of each. Uh, they're going to be roughly about eight grand and some change. But um, nice, I guess, looking, you know. But uh, the, the colors are what's throwing me a little bit. I guess they could have got some, got picked out some better colors, I guess. So the American's going to come in this tangerine <laughs> in English white. And the TL is going to come in this sky blue in English white. So I'm not too fond of the colors, but we'll see it when it gets here. Well, they get real funky with the names because the the Americas, they have Tangerine and New England white for all of our you know, New England fans. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's why they did it. Unfortunately, Rico, you need to, uh, I need to correct you on the cost. It's not 8000 That's The pounds. site has it in that's pounds. Right. So you convert yep. to American, it's about 12000 Ooh, okay. See? There's a little uptick in that. Yeah. So now this is this is a smaller bike than than say like the big rocket, the big three cylinder monster. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be air cooled. It's gonna be dual overhead cam, of course, parallel twin, eight sixty five cc motor. But you know it might do the trick. Who knows? I haven't seen the torque numbers though. Yeah. So, so horsepower wise, it's kind of like what Aaron was riding around in Hawaii. You know, in terms of the motor, wasn't his yeah. in that same range? Yeah, yeah, it was an eight uh, sixty-five. Yeah, so say likely the same engine, I would imagine. All right. So, what what do you like about these? Other than they're going to be exclusive, I mean, if we're only going to make twenty-five of each model, that's that's going to be pretty rarefied territory to get one. Yeah, and I it's going to come down to just seeing it. You know, I think it's pretty cool that they're going to do like a cruiser. Uh, to, I guess I think. You know, the whole premise around this is just to test the market, see who's interested in uh, such a bike from Triumph. So why, I guess, why are they doing such a limited batch? And I guess I would say, uh, I don't want to say a small cruiser, but it's certainly smaller. You know, generally you're thinking north of a thousand cc's on a cruiser. Yep. You know, so down in, down in that area, it's not entry level, but it's certainly maybe midsize. We'll call it, we'll call it a midsize. Yeah, and you know, right now I don't, we, I can't find any of the weight, how how, how heavy it is. So once that comes, I will kind of do another U-turn segment and talk about specific once we have that data. All right. So some more Triumph cruisers. Interesting. Anything else good from Triumph that's got your uh, interest, or at least hit your radar? Well, <laughs> <laughs> or that uh, that Tiger. Tiger Sport was announced, right? So that's that's pretty cool. But it's not going to come to the U.S. or something, is it? What's what's the deal about that? Yeah, I was when we talked about this one a couple of days ago. I was pretty interested in this because this is essentially, I would say, multi-strata competitor because the Tiger is is an adventure bike, but it's a tad more in the off-road 
Eh, not really off-road. I guess that's not fair, but it's not, I guess what I'm saying is not a KTM, but it was also not a Ducati. It was somewhere in the middle. And I would say this one is probably leaning a little bit more towards the Multistrada. Mm. Minus the Enduro version, but what the Multistrada was before they announced the Enduro, I think this Tiger Sport lines up nicely with that. Mm-hmm. It, the motor that they're going to put in this, what is it? What is it going to be? Do you know? 1050, I believe. Yeah. That is correct. 1050 triple. And it's going to come nice. up with, uh, yeah, it's going to come up with three power modes of road range sports. And it's going to come with uh, cruise control. And uh, at this time, full specs and price are not announced yet. Cool. Cruise control, no doubt. No, cruise control is a big plus on riding a bike. You know that? When you're riding a bike, I must say. You like cruise control? I love cruise control. On a, on on a, a bike, highway, no less. On the highways. On the highways. Let me correct myself. On the highways, on long hauls, when you need to rest that throttle hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that cruise control comes in real handy. I've never had it, so I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean... If you want to get philosophical for a minute, I have a hard time with I have a hard time with anything more than ABS on a motorcycle. I mean, I understand ABS for the safety aspect, and you could sort of put traction control in that category too, although I think ABS is probably more important. But short of that, I just maybe just cuz I haven't experienced it, but I'm just I'm not digging it. You know, I'm just yeah kind of want my bike to be old school, you know? And I hear you. Uh, you're paying homage to the old school style of riding a motorcycle. I, I get it. But as a creature of comfort, yep. I, I, I dig it. Well, and I also... So you, you've gone through quite a transition, though, with the Roadmaster. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't get out and ride like that, except for, you know, if I go to Pennsylvania or, like, the barber trip... I don't I don't really make those long hauls. And when I do, I sort of just suck it up and and pay whatever pain penalty there is, just <laughs> kind of like, okay, well, I'm on a motorcycle. It's not going to be the most comfortable for, you know, 8 to 10 hours in the saddle. Right. But I think the more the more of those rides that I do, and certainly if I spend more time on a bagger or, you know, a more proper touring bike, then it'll pay off, I think. But I just you know, yeah, I got you. It's kind of a philosophy, but it's also maybe an experience thing too. Yeah, yeah. Going, coming from the R six to the the Roadmasters, night and day. Oh yeah, I remember. Like, if I had to ride to Charlotte on the on the R six, forget it. I <laughs> I wouldn't see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, Rico, you still alive, buddy? Uh, yeah, just not coming off the mountain right now. Or you, it would be like quick bursts followed by a long stop. Yeah, exactly. I got you. All right. Well, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see this bike. Um, the the Tiger line kind of baffles me with how many different models they have. But the Tiger line in general is, is kind of interesting to me. I'm I'm sort of digging the adventure bike now a little bit more than than I'd say I might have a couple years ago. See, and I should be silencing my phone. Uh, yeah, I'm hearing a little ding. Yeah, sorry about that. What is it saying? Oh, yeah, so then the new Enduro from 
or the new Enduro Multistrada drops from Ducati. And then I'm, you know, I find myself looking at all of those bikes. You know, I was sort of revved up by that one. And I just, I've been looking all over the market, looking at all the brands, mm-hmm. seeing what's out there. So th- this is interesting to see Triumph doing a sportier version of the Tiger. I like that because I don't see, I don't see many people taking these off-road anyway. I know the adventure segment is getting hot, but to me, it feels like an SUV. Oh, right. SUV. Yeah. Well, I guess you can go there. Like your Range Rover crowd. How how many people, how many Range Rovers have you seen in Charlotte, even with a speck of dirt on them? Not a one. (laughs) Let alone get (laughs) off-road. Not a one. So I'm starting to see this adventure by class as that. It's like. Everyone has, you know, the the Dakar-worthy motorcycle, and if they get a wheel off the pavement, it's purely by mistake. So that's just kind of what I'm feeling is I don't know how many of these guys are actually getting in the dirt with these things. If you are, let us know right in. I'd I'd like to hear about it, but I just get a sense a lot of them are not seeing dirt dirt use. Now, the other thing I haven't, you know, I haven't really paid attention to, and I know this kind of goes off topic a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. but uh, Yamaha in their whole adventure line is pretty neat. And they look heavy, but you know, I, I got, I guess we have to intertwine a little Yamaha news in that as well as we talk about Triumph and all the other off-road bikes. Mm-hmm. Yamaha have their, you know, a nice line of adventure bikes too. So we'll 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 circle back and get to those. But uh, right now they have that big boy that I think is a twelve hundred Z. World Crosser, they're calling it. <laughs> the World Cross? Is, that's not the Tenere? They have something else? No, this is this is what they're calling their <laughs> World Crosser. It's pretty neat. Uh, it looks heavy, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on it. I just want to throw that out there. All right. That's, that's one that hasn't hit my radar yet. All right. Good stuff. Anything else you want to add on the Triumph uh, Tiger Sport? It's going to be cool. <laughs> well, it's not coming to the U.S., so that's almost like... Well, yeah, but... Ooh, you are right over there? No, that, that's my sound effect for them not bringing the bike to the U.S. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't have one that goes wah-wah. You're right. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Oh, man. All right. Moving on. Well, new topics. On the new topic side, we're going to let Mr. Maracle lead with this one since he he sort of scouted out what Ducati's doing with their their custom rumble. And it looks like the finalists have been announced. And when is the winner of this to be announced, John? Sometime in the summertime? Yeah, it's going to be at the uh, World Ducati Week on uh, July 1st through the 3rd. And uh, I was looking over the article here. And it looks like uh, all the finalists are from overseas. None of them are in the U.S. They had uh, dealers go head-to-head and coming up with modified scramblers. So this is dovetailing on our Indian conversation with the yeah, I fear, Scout you know, That was something we talked with um, Aaron last week or last episode about. Uh, he brought about the Scout and saw this. Fear, well, we could add on to the fact that Cotty's doing the same thing. Now, did you guys have a favorite here? And it... I also want to point out that one of them has a sidecar. 
I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, right. That's pretty sweet. It's looking at it like the black, you know, kind of street looking one. I don't know who made it, but. You're talking about the one that's the one with the gold wheels or the one with the studded tires, like the ice tires? Nope, the gold wheels would be then. Okay. Do these one have, after the studded tires. Do these have names? Can we refer to them by name or no? Or by builder? Um, They have the five finalists. There are Wausau Liberty Moto from Poland, who produces the Iron Lung. Uh, there's a Canadian outfit, Bow Cycles North, with an impressive Ice Track Pro, which I prefer <laughs> would be the studded one. <laughs> yeah, leave it to the Canadians to do the Ice Tracker. <laughs> and then there's yeah. the, the Scramble Clade by Sydney's... Cabela Motorcycle Centra. Okay. And then they got the Scrambler Bobber. And then they got the Scrambler uh, Arabia out of, uh, what was it, Bahrain Wheels of Arab. All right. If I mispronounce them, I, I'm sorry. We apologize if the pronunciation's not perfect, but. Yeah. So, I mean, these are pretty cool, but what do you think? So, how does this stack up with what you saw with the Indian? scout project i mean there was i think there was more than 40 and that project was or not i don't know what to think about these to be honest well i think i think we can go back on a fact of if you want my opinion i think the scrambler uh bike are just for round town touring you know yeah little short jumps to go here to there i don't think you want to get on it and ride it for a few hours like you know aaron said get on it and after 30 minutes you're you the seat sucks so well, as would be the scout. To be fair, right? The scout is not. Yeah. It's not set up to be a long, long riding bike. Yeah. So, I guess we go back to the point of: Would you want to spend the money to buy one? Yeah. I, I do it like those down. Teams, that, I guess that just comes down to personal preference. I guess if you were into those bikes, you would just be yeah. all over it, right? So, I yeah. guess it just comes down to your personal preference of bike style. Um, and this is one of those bikes that it has a little special niche of people that are into them. And, yeah. um, and you probably could see it over, I would say overseas. I mean, watching some stuff and, and Rico, you probably could add more of that since you've been out of the country more than I have that maybe do you see these bikes in different parts of the world. And yeah. And, and especially when you're in like, Tight, tighter streets and stuff, and you have the smaller bikes to kind mm-hmm. of maneuver to. You know, to take my bike to San Miguel, it'll be a chore in some of those streets. You know, with the high curbs and everything, it's in the mountains on the Cabo roads. You could do it, but I would rather have a smaller, nimbler, nimble bike to 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 navigate through those types of terrains. I think of the ones that I'm looking at online, at least. Um, I don't know which garage this is, John, but the the black kind of kind of racy one has the the Terminioni exhaust. Yeah, I think that's the one I was talking about. The third. That's one you're talking about with a little bit the red accents on the cylinder heads there. With the exposed, what number is that? The exposed belts. Yeah. The jab number. What's the jab number? Uh, that's on the Instagram page. Let me let me see if I can find out real quick. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not seeing that either. Yeah, that's on Instagram, my brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I should go there and check that out. Hold on. It's a uh, Jab 21. Because this one looks I guess that's why I like it. It looks dangerous. I mean the the clutch is open, the belts are exposed, 
like the cam belts and stuff are exposed. Jab 21. I don't see a number on it. You got to go click more at the bottom there, Rich, and you need to scroll down. Rich doesn't know how to use Instagram. It is 21. Yes, that's the one. That's the finalist, right? Yeah, it's one of the finalists. I like that one because that's kind of a, it's a cross between a race bike and a cafe racer. Well, I guess it is a cafe racer, but it it's kind of got a little bit of a little bit more of a sport bike lean to it. A cafe, a cafe sport bike. I'm, I, I like two of them. The one below that, eighteen, and eighteen um, is not one of the finalists. That's not a finalist, though. I know, I know. What, what do you guys think about the sidecar? I mean, where where do you, Rico? Where do you land on sidecars in general, anyway? The sixteen. It's funny, you know, we're talking about this tonight because just yesterday when I was out driving around, there were two <laughs> two motorcycles pulled up with uh, sidecars on them. And I just kind of, I kind of chuckled because, you know, these were custom sidecars that they had on their bikes and um, no one in them. They just had sidecars on them. So, <laughs> you know, just that. You know, I'm still trying to understand it as far as would I add a sidecar if I'm not going to have anybody riding with me? Right. Would I take it off? You know, I don't know, you know, how much of an effort it is to take those things on and off, but why would you do it? Right. Yeah, I've just been thinking about a sidecar lately because, you know, as my as my kids are getting older, they're going to want to ride. And I just, I know that, that you take your son out on the back of the Roadmaster, but he's also older. And he's a little taller. Right. But, you know, my, my older son, you know, he's, he's a little kid, you know, even though he's seven years old, he's tiny. So there's no way I'm going to have him sit on the back of the bike, like behind me, even if I had a big touring bike. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking a sidecar would be neat. Just have him ride in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. In your case. Yeah. Yep. I just didn't know if you thought much about sidecars. Most of them that I see are are on the Urals anyway. That's not, the, the bike's not really my cup of tea. I mean, it's interesting. I would, I would like to have one, but just as something I would ride more often, it would probably be styled a little differently than that. Yeah. Both of these guys had, these were cruisers that with the sidecars on them. I, and they weren't Harleys. They were, I think one was a Suzuki hmm. and I, I couldn't, I think the other one was like a triumph or something like that. Cause it was not a triumph, but, um, a Honda. BMW. No, it wouldn't be BMW. Oh, it was like a Honda. Yeah. But uh, pretty cool. You know, neat colors and everything. But would I go get one to have it attached? Probably not. Now, as I'm continuing to look at these uh, bikes on the Custom Rumble, what do you think about number 38? It's got almost like a V-Rod, you know, solid disc wheel in the front. And then the back. The back wheel is wide and flat. It's not even like a rounded tire. Yeah. It's like a crazy drag bike. <laughs> drag <something>. bike, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Hmm. That looks pretty neat. There was another one, but it, it wasn't one that you can vote on. Kind of, it had knobbies on it. It had a cool, had custom pipes, two custom pipes. It had it kind of twisted up towards the tail. Yeah. But the end, um, and like the stainless steel, something other going on with it. Here, let me see if I can find a... Look for the number, like 37? Oh, yeah, it's under number three. It's two under number three. I think it's just in a group of pictures. Okay. 
doesn't doesn't have a number on it necessarily. No, no. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, this this is a neat another neat competition. I I think the I think the scout um, the scout project overall seemed a little more interesting to me, and I'm not sure why this didn't even hit my radar. But but thanks for finding this one, John. No problem, man. Good stuff. All right, Rico. Moving on to your favorite topic. What's uh, Indian got in this back pocket oh, these days? Man, they have nailed it with this one, fellas. Nailed it. Man, these guys have teamed up with none other than Jack the Man Daniels. Mm. <laughs> Along with uh, Brian uh, Clocks from uh, Clockworks. So they've put together an awesome chief. It has all the Jack Daniels badging on the fenders, on the tank, just all over the place. And the color scheme is just phenomenal, paying homage to Jack Daniels. And I think uh, Brian and his team has done a great job putting this bike together. It looks amazing. Now, is this, this is a one-off, right? Uh, this is a one-off, yeah. This is paying homage to their 150-year uh, uh, history, Jack Daniels, that is, um, which is really nice. But actually, I want. How many are they going to make? There's no word yet on production date, but further details will be released during Daytona Bike Week, which takes place March 4th through the 13th. There it is at the bottom. I knew. I knew you're probably drooling over the picture. I knew. You know, you probably were drooling. So I got stuck at the paint. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at paint. So there you go. No word yet on production, like John said. So no word on production, but they're going to be limited edition, and it looks like they're going to be numbered, which is neat. Uh, you know, numbered, special logos, badging, and all that stuff, which is cool. And then the first one's going to be auctioned off for charity, it looks like, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Sure is, but it's a nice-looking bike, and I'm glad uh, I kind of ran across this on uh, Motorcycle News. Yeah, and this, this paint scheme does well for the Chief. I mean, it really... You know my beef with the fenders anyway, but it's kind of kind of minimizes the scale of all the bodywork. Just the the black and the the cream color, the way the way the two work together, really does minimize the bodywork. So I I think they did a good job there. Yeah, looks amazing. And that seat is nice too with the white stitching. Just gotta lose the studs. You're not a stud. I'm not a stud. No, not a fan of studs. <laughs> Well, since we're going to talk about um, Indian a little bit, we can stay in that family. And I just got to spend like a minute or two on Victory bringing back the Magnum X1 for 2016. They're going to do it, huh? They're bringing it back. So remember when we talked about the 2016s for Victory, we were like, wait, there's no X1 in the announcement. And I talked to a couple of dealers at the time, and they're like, yeah, that might have been a one-time deal. So I was like, oh, I should have bought a 15. <laughs> yeah. But then, then, of course, you know, they were hard to find. And I was like, ah, oh, forget it. I'm not ready to buy a bike. But So, yeah, it looks like they're going to have the X1 back again for 2016 in a new color, Stealth Gray, they're calling it. Wow. Is that like a, like a matte gray? Yeah, it's kind of matte. There's a little sheen to it, but... Yeah, definitely kind of a, a matte color. It's two different, two different tones of gray. But the coolest thing is they're dropping the MSRP by a grand. Oh, that is cool. I mean, does life get any better? No, sir. If you're looking for no, a bagger? Sir. No, sir. 
So, yeah, I didn't want to. All you need to do now is throw that uh, supercharger kit on there. Oh, man, oh, man. Woohoo, light them up. We were looking at that the other night. That's ridiculous. So th- this thing's going to be, what, 23499 is where it starts. But I don't, I don't know what that supercharger kit's going to cost. It's got to be at least five grand, wouldn't you think? Uh, somewhere in that range, or three, who knows? Let's say three or five grand. Yeah, I'm thinking five, five plus. All right. But, I mean, now you're talking about 28. You're, now you're in Roadmaster territory, <laughs> right? True, but you won't be able to light them, light them up as good. No. On a Roadmaster. Gosh, what was it, 165 horsepower and then like 150-some pound-feet of torque? That's that's superbike territory right there. On a bagger. On a bagger. Thank you. On a bagger. Victory and Lloyd's doing it. Mm. I can't wait for Lloyd's to uh, get the cams ready for the Indian. Are you going to upgrade a little bit on that thing? I'm going to upgrade it. Yeah, I'm kind of holding out because I, I hear some rumble of uh, Lloyd's going to do their own cams. So I'm kind of holding out my, on those. Then I'll install that on mine. The cams, the stage two cams that are out now, that's from Indian, but they're not. Are they designed by Lloyd's, or is that just all Indian piece? I, I think it's an all Indian piece, and you know, I have to do a little further digging to to confirm that. But I'm I'm assuming yes, that's all Indian. But Lloyd's, uh, they, they they normally do their own. Very nice. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, I didn't want to dwell on the victory. Just they announced it. I guess it was this week or uh, a couple of days ago, at least as of this recording. And you know how much I I sort of like the the Magnum when I. Got the test ride in the X1. Just the bike just felt right. It's hard to describe, but took it out for a ride, and I'm like, this just feels right. Mm-hmm. I, I can't put it in any other words other than it just feels like the right bike. Right, right. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, right bike at the right time. You know, as I'm looking to transition to a touring bike, you know, Victory speaking to me with all the stuff they're doing. So if I can get one of these. X1s or even just a regular Magnum. I think that'll be good stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Your old favorite, Yamaha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, this... (laughs) 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 Right? But uh, this bike, you know, is, um, is on my radar because... Oh, wait, is, what, what is it? This is a uh, Naked R1, basically. A Naked R1? A Naked R1. They're calling it the MT-10. Yamaha has a whole MT line of uh, Naked bikes, but this one in particular looks like something Batman would ride. <laughs> oh, wait, I just got to comment on the MT-10 real quick. Doesn't that sound like a riding tractor? <laughs> Yeah, or or mixer. <laughs> or, yeah, or some equipment, electronics equipment. Yep. Can't they do better than that? MT-10? Uh, I know, I know. I don't know why, where they get these numbers, these names from, but uh, oh well. But, uh... <laughs> Sorry, moving on. <laughs> get it out, get it out. I'm just thinking of MTD. I think it's MTD or LTD. I don't know, it was like a really inexpensive sort of like knockoff mower that I remember as a kid. So when I saw MT-10, I immediately thought riding tractor. Nice. All right, tell us how bad this boy is. 
this bad boy has, you know, their new motor in it, the uh, nine nine hundred ninety eight cc motor in it, CP four cross plane motor that's putting out one hundred sixty five horsepower and you know mm. a measly seventy five foot pounds of torque. <laughs> Uh, estimated, it, you know, it comes with, you know, the, the switchable three mode trans traction control system. It's going to come with the, um, derived chassis and suspension from the, from the R1, right? From the R1, right? It's going to have that slip clutch and cruise control, you know, which you don't like, which I think on these bikes, it's a must to kind of ease up off your wrist and, yeah. right, you know, yeah. a little bit. I could see it's that. Gonna have, yeah. And it, it has that, you know, that really nice, uh, full LED. LCD display. So it's a pretty cool bike and it looks badass. Uh, I like the, the headlights on this one. I just, I just love it. It's just, it looks aggressive and it looks just mean, ready to take on whatever the twisties in the mountains. Maybe I prefer the style to the, to the heavy body work on the sport bikes. Mm. And the, the R one has always been intriguing to me mainly because of its engine you know the way it sounds. Right. It's a little little unique in the category there. But yeah, stripping the bodywork off of it, just why didn't they call it the R1N or something? Something. <laughs> why didn't they call it the MT10? I don't know. You know, we'll have to do a little digging, a little investigation. Yeah, I, I got to get the backstory on that. MT. MT better stand for something like That's right. mightily tuned or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> More throttle. <laughs> Mental timer or something. I yeah. Don't know, whatever. Oh, well, it's probably a Japanese word, right? So it's it's not even going to be recognizable to us, I would imagine. Right, right. It's going to mean sky or water or something. Yeah. Pretty cool. What do you, I know people can't see, obviously in the pictures from audio, but what do you think of those bright green wheels on the black one? Well, I, I like that because, you know, um, I like this. I think it's a gray and black, gray and black trim or something like that but uh i like it because it it gives me that uh custom ferrari look to it yeah i'll give you that yeah it does look a little exotic the that gray is nice it's almost like a, a putty i guess i would call it like a putty gray and black yeah man the wheels look good now that i got the picture up close it, it doesn't look so bad but from the thumbnail i was like what is that yeah, it's 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 mean, uh, and I, and it comes. It has like the blue version, so you got the blue wheels and the black, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice too. But uh, I'm digging the the lime green or whatever color that is on the wheels. That's pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah, and the new R1 is is pretty sweet. We we got to see one right after they, I guess, right after they got it over at Matthew's Fun Machine, and got some cool pictures of the display. The display is really nice. Yeah, that you were mentioning. This one's got that too. It's was really nice looking and sharp. That was the the thing I noticed is how sharp it, the display was. So no problem reading that at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about in the bright sun, but at least in the dealership, it looked nice. You know, mine has like a a, a small display, but it does well in the sun. So I'm sure this this does just as good. Yeah. And uh, that that R1 though it it is a sexy sexy bike. Oh my god! If I were to upgrade the the R six, I would definitely get the R one because it's just speaking to me. And this mm-hmm. one here, but either one. I, I, if I had a an eight car garage, I would have one of each. You ever thought about just getting an older one, kind of rehab it? 
Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Instead of dropping the coin for a brand new one, you know, go pick up one that's like six, seven years old. There you go. Yeah, that's a that's a possibility, but maybe later down the road when my son's getting into a sports sports bikes. Well, I, I started sketching again over the weekend, and I, I do this from time to time when I when I get heavily into, I guess what I'll call mental work, because you know, my day job is is technology and not really working with my hands. So when things get really really busy in my day job. I just find it as an outlet to sit down and sketch once in a while. So over the weekend, I was sketching a custom project. So the idea was taking, uh, I'll say Harley frame, but basically take like a cruiser frame and get get like a a wrecked R1 so I could get that cross-plane engine (laughs) (laughs) and drop that into like a cruiser chassis. And just make it just as bare bones as you can, like just the minim- most minimal amount of parts in order to just support that engine and get it down the road. Yeah, so, I can see it. Yeah. You know what is also the front end of this MT10? It reminds me of a transformer with the eyes like a bumblebee with his head up. I don't know. I'm getting a little Triumph Speed Triple there. They're not as big and bulbous as the Speed Triple, but... You remember that one that we looked at at Motorcycles of Charlotte when I was kind of shopping for a while there? Uh-huh. And the headlights just look kind of disconnected and like sticking off the front of the bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of that with this one because it doesn't have the fairing to go around the headlights. Right. So they're just kind of out there, like hanging out in no man's land. Yeah. And they, they kind of did like that covering around the headlights where it looks like it has like a eyebrows or something. I don't know what you could call it, but... uh I like what they did. It's 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 neat. I like I like how they kind of tied it all together, where it kind of melds together. Yeah. All right. Well, cool bike. Just Yamaha. Let's let's come up with something better than MT10. Would you yeah. please? I think I I don't see anything wrong with Naked R1. Yeah, but they have that whole line up though. You know, I think this bike um, is uh, part of their their MT line. So you know, right. it goes from ten to uh, I think they go. So is there a six? Is there an MT6 that's a naked 600? Yeah, I think there's like a seven. Let me just kind of go to their site right quick. It is uh, MT, all MT line. They have a 09. They have the 09 Tracer, the 09 Street Rally. They have a Sport Tracker, MT07, Model Cage. They have an MT03 and an MT125. Okay. So they have a whole line. I guess it's just my ignorance on the MT line then. But why do they call it MT? I don't know. We'll have to find out. See, what does MT stand for? You can dig that up and report back to us in, I don't know, a month? Okay, I'll give it a month. <laughs> so that'd be gone. Yeah, I was going to say, did you want to you want to bring that up at all? I know you're you're about to go on a little adventure here shortly. Yeah, I'm um, headed out of the country again. And I'm heading out to uh, Costa Rica for a little stint. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. With a small detour through Cleveland. With a small detour through Cleveland, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got to head up to Cleveland and drop my son off at Granny's. Yeah. And uh, Well, yeah, it's probably a good time to mention this anyway um, for the listeners is that we're, we have a couple, probably going to do two episodes uh, while Rico's out. So what we're working on is a couple of different guest co-hosts for us. 
And if we have time, we might be able to squeeze in one interview before you go. But that's that's not certain yet. But at the very least, we'll have two episodes while you're gone, and, and we'll have a, some sort of fill-in. So nothing solid yet, but we are working on it. Cool. I'm sure they will be just as entertained without me. No, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> don't don't shortchange yourself there. We're going to miss Japila. Yeah, yeah, we're going to miss this thing. Japila. <laughs> uh, well, have fun, man. You going to ride it all down there? Or are you not sure? Well, we'll we'll see. You know, um, you know, we're going to check out the coastal area. We're going to check out the rainforest, mm-hmm. and we're going on like a little health retreat as well. So. Yeah, it's a little bit of rec- relaxation, a little wellness. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. All right, so that is the MT-10. Thanks for that one, Rico. Oh, yeah. So now you also dug up something else very interesting, and it's not it's not a bike per se, but you have stumbled across Tilting Motorworks. Tell us about that one. Oh, my goodness, yeah, and I... <laughs> immediately thought of Buck Two, and you know who you are, Buck Two. Uh, when when I found this bike <laughs> or this attachment, um, this tilted motor work is um, uh, something you can attach to any bike, apparently, preferably like a cruiser, bagger, any 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 bike. I guess you can because all you have to do is change the forks out on it. It's like a trike. Like a rever- your, it's like a reverse strike. It's like though. a reverse strike, right, for for your motorcycle. So when you get too old to hold your bike up or have problems falling over a lot, then you might want to look at one of these bad boys. Um <laughs> Well the the interesting thing here and we can we can step back to a prior episode as well is when I rode the Can Am Spider, that was one of my comments is there's no leaning. Right. So yeah, it's it's ripping fast. It's got torque for days. It was fun. It was actually fun to ride, but it's like, man, just not leaning and not counter steering that kind of killed it for me. And this uh, tilting motor works that the tilting part is just that you, you go into a corner and instead of it just being, you know, can am style, the bike just leans and the whole thing, you know, cambers and accordingly and around the corner you go. And the video you showed me, Rico, there's even a little counter steer action. Yeah, it's neat. You know, for what you're getting, you know, you're really getting a, a nice, stable package here. Um, not right. only as you're twisting through the mountainside, carving it up, when you come to a stop, it has like an auto lock feature where it'll keep the bike upright for you. So that's you nice. Know, yeah, that, that's real nice. You know, they charge extra for that, but that's fine. So the MSRP for one of these, um, additions to your bike is uh $9,995. Okay. But if you want the um the, the tilt, tilt, tilt lock, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an extra it's going to bump you up uh to 12 12995 plus installation of course. But what's included in all this, you ask, Rich? Okay, I'll tell you what's included. <laughs> yeah, what's included? <laughs> <laughs> so leaning linkage itself yeah, you got uh, the standard conversion includes the shocks, the wheels, the tires, fenders, brakes, hydraulics, and front fairing, and all the mounting hardware. Okay, so all these parts are removable. 
are removable and and included with the front fork and wheel package. So it's pretty nice. And the nice part is once they install this, they give you all the parts, uh, all the original parts. So if you want to go back, yeah. yeah, So you want to go back to having your single wheel up front, you have all your parts to put it back. And I don't know if they'll charge you to convert your bike back or not, but uh, it's there for you. That is a really interesting point because if you think about Take like the Lehman system, the Lehman trikes for Harleys. I believe once you convert that, I think that's it. I don't, I don't know that you can easily go back to a regular motorcycle. I, I could be wrong on that, but I think some of those are semi-permanent. You know, some of them even involve some cutting. So that's this is really nice if these guys have a kit that bolts in, and you retain. You know, bolts in, you know, wherever they take off, parts-wise, they give it back to you. If you can then re- return that bike to its original condition, wow, that's a that's a win right there. And I think uh, I think the big thing you have to do is just remove your forks. You know, you, you they just re- replace them with, you know, the attachment for this thing, and mm-hmm. you're good to go. How awesome is that? That is very cool. Yeah, I was trying to see some, some detailed pictures, and the, what was the video we were watching? Motorcycle.com? Was that the first video we watched and then of course the the site itself tiltingmotorworks.com but right. they they had some sort of harley i was trying to get the model here real quick but is is it a soft tail is it a heritage maybe just to let you know that they don't fit all bikes right so all the models that it fits it fits all the harley davidson tour lines mm-hmm. so the the road king the road glide the street glide the electric okay. glide um, and soft tails and like. soft tails. Yeah. The Dinas, the V rods, uh, the, the heritage soft tail classics, the fat boys, the wide glides. And then it looks like the gold wing too, right? The yeah. big gold wing, the big gold wing, the Honda gold wing. Yep. And the F six B. What is that? Is that, is that the, um, F six B is that kind of the gold wing turned into cruiser? Is that what that thing is? Let's look at that because I, I want to I'm not familiar with that one. But yeah, that, that's a good point, John. It is not available for every motorcycle out there. Looks like they're starting with Harleys, mainly the Touring and Softail line, and the Goldwing, and then a couple of others that Rico mentioned. That means you can put on your Softail so you can make it easier for your long rides. But they are taking pre-orders for other makes and models. Cool. Oh yeah, so that FB <laughs> sorry, that John. F6B. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. He just totally kind of just uh, just throws me out the window. <laughs> so so weird. That's okay. It's all right. I say I get no love around here. Dang. Show a brother some love. Well, yeah, that uh, F F six B is that new uh, 2016 Goldwing. Is it a full Goldwing? It's not the custom one. That's that the one with that's you know the new one. The new one without that huge back on the back. It's kind of more slim lined. So more like a bagger. More like a bagger, yeah. Yep. Access to this server is forbidden from your client. That's what I get when I try to go to Honda's website. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> well, sorry. I guess I won't look at the F6B. Back to our uh, tilting motorworks. Anything else there, Rico? Let me see here. All right. Well, let me, let me play a uh, questionnaire here. So if this was available for the Indian, is this appealing to you? Down the road. Down the road. Down the road. So let's say if I'm 75 and I'm still riding, 
but you don't like the sporting aspect of it because what I can see here is to me, this seems like you could push your bike a little harder. Yeah. I mean, it gives you more confidence around the turns. That's for sure. And you can scrape your floorboards with this thing too. Yeah. That's how far you can go over. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, John, you might be onto something. Maybe this is what I need when we do the the tale of the dragon in May. <laughs> you you got the you going to do that, man? Man, I'm trying. I'm trying to line it up. Right. No promises, but we're working on it. Okay. Well, be awesome to have you up there. I was gonna say, you want to talk about that a little bit? We'll save that for another the next show for the other show when All our right. guest comes on. The tilting motor works package not not necessarily for you right now, but something you might consider later on in years. I like it from the sporting aspect, like we said, is to be able to push your bike a little harder. I think that's, I think that's a win and, and getting the lean. Cause that's, that's the main thing I didn't like about the, the Can-Am spider. I think it's a win, win, win. Yeah. And I like how it, when you're sitting at a light or whatever, you don't have to put your foot down if you don't want it. It'll kind of hold itself in place. That's, that's pretty neat to be able to like it. Yeah. If you're, if you're the kind of guy that, you know, drops your bike a lot, this would be great. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about that no more. I mean, I'm not saying any names, you know. Uh, Me neither. (laughs) But uh, no, I I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't tease him because that could be me too. um, (laughs) Dropping mine. So Jaeger has dropped his a couple times. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna pull his card. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that—that's you know, it happens, right? Yeah. It'll—it'll happen, and hopefully, you don't hurt yourself when you do it. So. yeah, this is this is a nice feature for that. But you know, as I look at this thing, what do you think of that front fender that they put on this? <laughs> That's what I was just going to ask you. I'm going to say all the cool stuff. I'm like, what don't you like about it? And I guess to answer your question, it's that fender is just I don't I can't put my finger on it, but it doesn't look right. It doesn't need that grill down low. I think you could just I think they could just cut it off right above where the kind of that grill section is. Yeah, like right above the little emblem there, they could have just yeah, they just snip it right there, narrow it up a little bit. It does need to be any bigger than the fender that's over the wheels itself. Exactly. Yeah, I was just saying that, but maybe that's to hide the mechanics of it all. Oh, I'm sure, but I'd love to see that stuff. I mean, it's a big cantilever system. Yeah. Heck, I'd even chrome them out. Right. (laughs) Chrome those big pieces, right? Yeah. Do do contrasting hardware? That'd be sick. Oh, that would be. Nah, that's a good point. Show that stuff off. All right, we'll have to get, uh, what's the founder's name, Bill Miguel? Miguel, yeah. So, yeah, we'll get him online. We'll get him on and say, Bill, here's here's what you're going to do. You're <laughs> going to trim up that fender a little bit. We're going to chrome out those cantilevers. I'm going to custom this thing out for you. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, next topic. So, guys, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Are you ready for the question of the episode? Question of the episode. Lay it on me. All right. So here's here's the question for this episode. If you could go back in time and change something in your life, would you? And what would it be? But before you answer that, I'm going to throw up my answer for you guys. So the answer, you know, when I came up with this, yeah, I'd go back and change two things, in fact, kind of I feel like today. Um, one of the biggest things would be go back and, Kind of spend more time with my dad. Um, kind of in his later years, I didn't spend as much time as I should have with him, and um, I miss him to today. In fact, tomorrow is going to be, would be his birthday, 
So that's one of the things that um, I would like to have done and, you know, as you sit back and analyze your life. And the second item would be, since uh, Rich and I both went to a culinary school, I think I would have liked to take some culinary classes. So there's a couple <laughs> of things that... <laughs> so there's a couple of things that I think I would like to change. But, you know, there's more things that I, I think about um, what I wanted to change. And, yeah, there could have been, but then I'm happy today. And and I don't think if I changed anything, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So, All right. So there's there's your input, and hopefully, you know, you guys got a little a few seconds other than me popping a question. You guys popping out of your head, so yeah, I actually like that format, and I know we've we've talked about this off offline, and you know, I'll I'll give some of the behind the scenes to the listeners that the question John asked last time, Rico and I just completely fumbled it, for lack of a better description, but yeah. we just completely fumbled it and. And then I just I cut it out when I when I was editing. So, so I think this format's going to work. And and then I'll start off with mine. And I think this is an easy one for me. And it would be it would be career wise. I would I would have started my own business much much sooner. I don't know if I would have done it right out of college, but when I went to college, my goal for taking accounting was so I could run my own business someday. And then I just never really did it. So that's, if I could go back and change something, that's what I would do. When I came out of college, even if I got a, a corporate job, I would have very quickly made plans to to seriously start my own business. All right. That's, that's my cool. big one. Cool. Cool. What about you, Rico? Well, uh, just like you, I think, um, I don't know if I would change anything because all the things I've gone through in my life have brought me to this point, which I'm, I guess I've been successful in a lot of my little ventures I've done. Um, and it's put me to a point now where I could retire early, you know? So here I am traveling and doing all the fun things and spend a lot of time with my son. I think, um, growing up, I, with my father and my grandfather, I think I wanted, would have spent more time with my grandfather, uh, because he was old school and yeah. what I mean by that, he was, he was, um, he was a hard worker when it comes down to just being able to feed and provide for his family. He did that all from his own land, you know, so he, he cultivated, he farmed his own. F- we, we were fed by the, by what we grew in, in, our, in our yard and, you know, we fished, we hunted. So we did all those things, um, to feed our family when I was growing up. And now to this point, I wish I would have got more of the the farmer aspect from him, um, so I could you know be more prepared. Because now I'm starting to want to do that myself, and I feel that there's some some old school tricks that, or, or old school I would say trick, but knowledge that I, I wish I could have you know captured from him before he passed. Yeah, that's 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 true. I mean, kind of adding on to it. I mean, um, the cool thing I have in my life is in, is my brother, which. My half brother, yeah, my brother. He's uh, you know, old enough to be my dad. And and, and the funny thing is, um, he's. I mean, he really wasn't around my dad up until him, his mom, and my dad divorced. And they he was around till ten, eleven, I think my dad was. But the personalities are so similar. It's it's funny, and Rich can contest to that. That you know, it's like spit image. So that's kind of what I got now. That's. 
don't have the replacement, but I kind of have a replacement. So yeah, it's nice. A little, little bit of a, I guess, a rekindling, if you will. Yeah. Or a reunion. Since the weather's kind of warmed up, you guys got out to do any riding? Ooh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've been buried in the bits, so there's not been a lot of riding on my end. Yeah, a little bit, a couple of quick rides here and there, but I haven't done anything substantial since the last episode, and it's been cold too. Yeah, this week is the first week is really kind of you know sun's been kind of warming up the planet, so I've I've. Last two days, I think, has been pretty nice up here in the mountains, and the golfers are out, that's for sure, as they drive by my window uh, to play golf. And some of these guys will play in 32-degree weather. That's just phenomenal, these old guys. <laughs> they, they are out there, troopers, just doing it. The change of fortune is funny, because we were all bragging about the you know how warm it was getting in the last episode, and then since that recording, it's been almost too cold to ride. And we even had another little blast of ice one day. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's starting to warm up this weekend. It's supposed to be nice. So as of the recording, so. And, and, you know, I was talking to, uh, speaking of riding the cold, I was just talking to uh, Ted from motorcycle man. Actually, when I talked about this email and back and forth, and he was picking up his bike from uh, having some new shoes put on it. And, uh, he had to ride in uh, zero degree weather. But he was saying that his heated gloves and heated socks uh, did the trick for him. So nice. kudos for him to be able to ride in such a cold weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'm not a fan of the cold anymore. I mean, we've been in Charlotte now 10 years. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely acclimated to a, a fairly short winter. And just going outside below 50 degrees now is just not desirable anymore. You know, forget forget about trying to get on a bike and go go down the road. I don't even want to be outside. Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, that's it, that's a short season here. And and the nice thing about Charlotte as compared to, like, New England is it may be cold here in the winter, but a lot of sun. A lot of sunshine in the wintertime here. There's, there's, that's true. We don't get those gray, you know, days. All right, let's see what else we got in the chit-chat here. So, so uh, you know, since you've been out riding, how's the windshield working? Any updates on that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I... Got on the highway, of course, today. So I did about 30 miles today. Nothing big, but I just wanted to kind of hit the twisties and get on the highway and really test out my windshield. And it works phenomenal. So all the way down, you know, it's, it gives you that air in your face, especially on the highway. You get a lot of air now. So, um, you know, you raise it up. I just raise it all the way up and it, the wind just goes right over you. The buffering's gone and, you know, I can ride with ease. Hear the music real go, so it works. That flared windshield is the way to go, no doubt. Now, I wanted to ask you about the tint. Is that does that disturb you at night at all, or not? Uh, I, have, I haven't got a chance to ride it at night with the tent, but um, with it with it all the way up, I can either look over with the, the windshield still, or look through it to look down at the road. Um, so I can still see through it, but um, it's yeah. pretty good so far in the daytime. But at night, I'll let you know. Okay, I was just curious because I have. I mean, I, I wear glasses, so my most of what I ride with during the daytime is a pair of prescription shade, prescription sunglasses. Okay. You know, they've got the eye cups and everything, but once it gets dark, boy, those things are, are dangerous because they're, yeah. they're not super dark, but they're just dark enough that there's a lot of shadows to try and ride at night. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why I haven't put uh, any kind of like tinted um, shield visor for my helmet. 
right. because of that that whole thing. I remember riding my 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 R six uh, in Cleveland, and you know, once it got dark, you, when it once it gets dark, you can't see anything. Um, so you have to you know lift that visor up, and you get all that air in your face, and your yeah, your eyes are watering. <laughs> um, so I learned that lesson b- back then. Um, so with with this new helmet, I decided not to go with a tent um, because of that, not being able to see at night. All right. Yeah, so I haven't, like I said, I haven't been out much, so the windshield's still kind of the same on my end, so no real change there. Mm. All right, one more quick one for each of us, and then we'll head out. Sounds good. Okay. So, Rico, you've been wrenching lately. No, yeah. I know. So what's what's going on with this old pickup truck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my wife has um, uh, picked up this pickup truck she found for 600 bucks. You know, it was sitting it was sitting in uh young girl's yard and her it was her father's and he had passed away, so she inherited it. But the thing is she didn't know how to drive a stick. Now I've been sitting there for close to three years and you know, when I initially looked at this thing when my wife told me about it, she was like, It's a stick, no one no one's been driving it, it's just been sitting there, it's just you know, it looks like a good truck. So, you know, I, I she, we, we we went over there one day and we kinda took it apart and looked at it. And, you know, when I opened up the door, there was a wasp nest. I was like, holy crap. So I closed the door real quick. <laughs> it was a big one too. You know, it was a huge wasp nest. So then I opened up the, 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 the gas cover. There's a wasp nest in them. Like these things are everywhere. There's one in the, in, on the passenger side. There's one on the both front and back and the bumpers. I was like, holy cow, this thing's infested. So I, I was like, I can't imagine what spiders and creatures and everything that's been, <laughs> you know, living in this thing forever. So eventually, um, she 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 moved forward and she wanted to you know get it home. So I went there, cleaned cleaned it out, trying to clean it up as much as I can to get it started. I uh, couldn't get it started because the battery I got was sitting on the shelf for a while. It just wouldn't turn the motor over. So I had it towed to a trusted mechanic that I've had him work on my my M3. So he yeah got it all ready for me, got it all started. He said look good. He did um, some front end work as far as the the control arms and such so i had him do all that work but uh overall you know it's running um the the front wheels are are aligned now and i haven't had any problem but i took this thing apart i mean yeah totally so i took everything inside of the car i got pictures of that so i got the the headliner out i got uh, the seats out the carpet out everything came out of that truck the dashboard came out so i cleaned everything because i didn't want anything coming out you know hatching or coming out of uh, right hibernation (laughs) uh on me so i wanted to gut this thing completely out so that's what i did and shampooed the heck out of the carpet kind of sterilized everything took the seat took the seat covers off off the seats um Mm -hmm. sterilized those uh, a couple times so everything is spotless now Uh, it's like a brand new truck I've detailed it, put a high speed buffer on and everything. So the a couple of days ago I was um taking uh taking a ride in it and um a guy pulled up next to me. Uh he's like, Wow, that's a nice looking truck. Is that new? I'm like, What? No, it's not new. I was like, This is a two thousand two. He's like, Get out, it looks brand new. He's looking in the inside and everything. He's like, Oh my god, this is the nicest the two thousand two Dakota I've seen ever. <laughs> Yeah, we got to put a couple of those pictures in the, in the show notes because when you sent me basically the interior gutted, I was like, "Wow, he is really tearing into this thing." Yeah, 
it, it was nice because you know I love taking things apart and putting it back together. So it was a nice um, detour and you know from homeschooling. Um, so I had my son out there riching with me and taking things <laughs> out and cleaning. So just so he knows nice. how to do so, so he's not, you know, so if he ever needs to take the seats out or do something, um, you know, he's not afraid to kind of take it apart and tinker with it. So we we put some new kicker speakers uh, in, in this thing too, so it sounds really nice. The stereo does now. Nice. So, we're bumping the the mirrors and everything are vibrating. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. And the fun thing about it is the five speed. So it's a lot of fun to drive. Oh yeah. Now, what were you saying, John? Did he sell it or did he want to sell it to the guy? <laughs> yeah. Did you, did, did you try no, he didn't ask. Guy? He, he, he had his own little pickup truck, but uh, he was just kind of ooling over mine because of how clean it was, I guess. Very nice. Well, I was on the other end of the spectrum the last couple of days. <laughs> Oh really? What happened? So the so the A four was in the shop for well, I kinda went in for some basic work and they were like, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff worn out in the front end of this thing. And it's like it's it's not a safety issue, but you know, you you probably ought to get to that sooner than later. So I'm like, All right. And of course that means ordering parts and waiting and they're like, Oh, we'll get your car, no problem. So I'm like, All right, well I'm gonna get another new A four to drive for a while and and of course the missus is thinking about a new car. She wants, you know, something bigger, like a Q7 or an A6. And I figured, let me just ask, you know, do, do you have an A6 I can get for a couple of days? Like I was like, um, hold on. You know, he rummages around the drawer and he's like, yep, here you go. And so it was pretty nice. I had a, a 2016 A6 with the three liter supercharged three liter engine. And it was just a really, really nice car to drive for a couple of days. Wow. Really? Mm. Did you hate giving it back? It was tough. It was tough getting the, the old car back. But I got to say, all the new parts in the front end, I mean, our old A4 feels like a new car now. It's super, uh-huh. super tight. I've had them do the shocks, too, while they were in there because they've never been replaced in 120,000 miles. So, I mean, it just handles, rides, and feels like a new car again. It's awesome. Cool. Well, that's awesome. But yeah, I just wanted to share. I spent a couple of days in an A6. I know that's terrible, but yeah, I did spend yeah, a few days in one. <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. That's real so bad. Was, uh, you ready to go buy one yet? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's a really nice car, but I mean, if I price this out correctly online, it's like somewhere between sixty-three and sixty-five thousand oh, dollars. Really? Um, yeah, I'm not looking to pay that kind of money for a car, but and so much tech. There's so much damn tech in these cars now, like. It's almost silly how many things are in, how many electronic doodads are in these cars now. Mm. So, but it was fun. It was fun to play with. The adaptive cruise control was, was nice because I don't, I don't commute. I mean, I work from home, so I take my kids to school and I come back. That's kind of my commute. So I had the car out once or twice and kind of got in some traffic and I just set the adaptive cruise and let the car take over. Cool. It's pretty neat. Speaking of uh, adaptive cruise and all that, um, Tesla in their autopilot thing is phenomenal. I've been watching. Holy cow. Yeah, and I'm going for another test drive. Did I tell you? No. They sent me an email about a week ago, and they said, hey, it's been a while since you've you've driven the car. Why don't you come check out all the new features? So it was just gave me a link to, to schedule. A, they called it a private test drive. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to set one up. Go drive yeah. another one. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, especially with this. Uh, I just got to talk about this because it is too cool not to talk about it. 
the autopilot. So, so they got the autopilot, they got the auto parking, and they got this park yourself type of deal going on with these cars. The autopilot, you can, like, like say, if you have like a heavy commute, you, you set your autopilot, it'll track the car in front of you and, and just drive itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then, you know, with that feature, if you have trouble parallel parking or whatever, Tesla's made it easy to do that. So you could parallel park itself and pull out if you wanted to. Now, the coolest thing is this next one. Yeah. Is um, being able to park itself on its own. So let's say you parked your car outside and it's um, right in front of the garage door or whatever. And you're like, oh, it's going to be frost in the morning. I should bring the car in. But you don't want to go out in your slippers and your house coat. Tesla has this new feature where it'll park itself in the garage for you. So it'll open up the garage, pull in the garage, shut off, and close the garage door. Nice. And do the same backing out. It'll bark out itself. Yeah, that is, that's part of the new summon feature, right? Where you can, if yes. your car is parked, and the example I saw online was the guy's coming out of a restaurant, it's pouring rain. So he just summons the car to pick him up and then... You just see the car slowly making its way through the parking lot and pulls up under the canopy and you just hop in. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty cool. That is cool. You know? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So I'm going to, I'll report back. I'm going to go drive another one again. I'm going to do as much of the autopilot as they'll let me do. And I'll report back and hopefully I'll even get a spin in the Model X. There you go. There you go. Yes. I will bring that back. It's not. It doesn't have a loud pipe on it, but we will talk about it. That's right. Well, you know, that's where we started. You know, we started about talking about Tesla in the beginning, and yep. you know, they're, they're still bikes. making news. Yeah, still making news. So I, I got to give it to them. All right, gentlemen. I think that's about enough for tonight, wouldn't you say? I think so, my friend. I think we did another good one. So I will put out our usual reminders. Show notes, including links and images, can be found at our website, loudpipes.net slash 38 for this episode. We also have links there to subscribe to the show via your your favorite application, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. There's a one-click Android option if you need a, a nice app for your Android phone. You will also find all of our social media links on the page header. Uh, star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio are a great way to help promote the show And if you feel it's less than five stars, or if you have questions or comments, you can drop us a note at feedback at rdubstudios.com, or you can click the feedback link on our website if you don't want to leave your email address. And lastly, we'll pitch this out as usual. If you're enjoying the show and you want to help us reach our goal of going weekly and possibly starting a second show, check out our donation page at loudpipes.net slash donate. You can do a a simple one-time donation Or if you want to help on those goals and also be eligible for rewards, check out the Patreon link on that same page. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for your help tonight. Kickstands up. Chopila. Chopila. John, you got to put something in there. Later. has been an RDub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.